Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, there's plenty of decisions that have to be made regarding retirement and retirement planning. And if you're near retirement, we have got four do's, four don'ts, one never for you, plus how you can overcome six common financial fears, and it all starts right now. You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement. Kevin Brooker's here. Kevin, a fiduciary investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. And uh, silverleaffinancial.com is the website. I encourage you to check that out because uh, Kevin is also an author uh, with the Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. It's available for free on the website. Uh, by, by the way, Kevin's been helping folks for about 30 years, better than 30. And uh, so I'll just, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know what? It, life, life, life is good, you know, and uh, we're, we're trying to mix it up a little bit. You know, Steve mentioned the long-term care book. Guys, there are some ideas in there. If you're interested uh, in, in putting some money away or taking, you know, taking some steps in case you or your spouse needs long-term care, then by all needs, you know, reach out. I'm happy to send you the book. I can email it to you for free. There's no cost. There's no commitment. Uh, it's just about 100 pages of some ideas where I can show you how you could use tax-free money to pay for long-term care if it comes up. But if it never comes up, the money is still yours. You don't give it up. You don't lose control. Uh, it's still yours. You can take it back and do whatever you want. Obviously, you lose the tax benefit. Um, but, uh, but it is a good way to save 20, 25, 30% or more right off the top of long-term care if you should need it. Yeah. And again, that whole, I mean, we've talked about long-term care a bunch, Kevin. And, and I mean, you just, ne what I read some statistics, in fact, it might be even in these notes that uh, like if you're a 65-year-old a day or a 65-year-old couple has a 75% chance of one of them in long-term care. Yes. Wow. Yeah, that, I that, mean, those are that, big numbers. It is very big numbers and, and it's very common. And a lot of people, um, I guess a lot of folks think the government will pay for it. They're going to, they plan to, they plan to use Medicaid and, but guys, that is not, 
All right. First of all, all, all homes, all facilities do not accept Medicaid. They don't have that. Some places have dedicated what they call Medicaid rooms, Medicaid beds. Um, but uh, they, they, there's a limit to them and they're typically not in the uh, top of the line best facilities. They're not the, okay? they're not the most sought after rooms why they've been designated Medicaid. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And, and, you know, and, and there are, you know, we, I think we've all heard some horror stories about nursing homes and facilities. And I have to think that the places that pay the higher wages are going to get better quality employees. And so if it's me or my wife or anybody I care about, okay, I'm, I'm just going to bite the bullet and pay for it because I want to have good care. And I don't want to have to worry about myself or a spouse or any family member being in a facility uh, where they're not getting the care that they deserve. And maybe they're dealing with other issues that nobody should have to deal with. Of course. So, you know, and by the way, with Medicaid, this they, there is a look back. Some people try to spend down their assets. They want to. They try to give it to their kids or something like that. The government's going to look back five years from from the time you apply, if you will. They're going to look back five years, and if you've made any of those moves where you dispose of assets, um, then then they're going to that, that's going to that's going to you know throw a wrinkle in your plan, so to speak. Exactly. Um, you, you know, so it can be it can be very difficult. The best thing is try to try to put aside some money. You know, a lot of people. They go into long-term care. They're not necessarily there for a long time. Uh, unfortunately, I've had a lot of clients, you know, I deal primarily with retirement planning. And so by the nature of my business, my clients are generally older. Um, and for instance, I had one client, uh, one client that actually just passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he was just diagnosed um, with a form of dementia. Can't remember the exact name of it right this minute. Mm-hmm. He was just diagnosed with a form of dementia this summer. So he went into a facility in the summer you know, and so three, four months and, and then he passed away. And and that does happen a lot of times, but none of us obviously know, right? If you're going to be, if it'll be a couple months or a couple of years, my father was in a facility for three years. Oh, um, man. And that burned through pretty much, you know, all the money that we had from selling his house. So um, it can be very, very expensive. It's just something to be aware of. And, you know, once you get the information and you know the facts, then then you can make an informed decision. So, Getting back to, to where we were talking about retirement, right? Um, you know, the do's and the don'ts. And one thing you do want to do, and we talk about it all the time, Steve, is you want to know how much income you're going to need from your investments and when you're going to need it. That's, I okay? mean, those are two key questions. And, and uh, I mean, I think a lot of us can probably answer the first part. Um, you know, you mean to know how much we'll need, but how, when to do it and how to do it, that's where we need help. You know what? And, and that's and that's that is a big question. That's one of the very few very first things that usually comes up when I sit down with somebody. And and, and that's why we talk and we've spoken before about having an income plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because when most of us retire from, I'm going to say, a traditional job where you work for an employer and they pay you a salary and you get a paycheck every week or every two weeks or every month or something. All right. So when you retire, boom, it's over. Right. The money stops. You, you get your gold watch pat on the back, but the paycheck stops. Yes, and 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 as and I say it's that way because as opposed to some self-employed people like myself, um, I will step back from working, but I'll continue to have some revenue coming in um, because I'll be it'll be a slow wind down, if you will, where where I just work with existing clients, and over time, uh, I, I will I will step back away from the business, but I plan on working part time well into my seventies um, because I'm I am fortunate in, in what I do. I'm in an office, you know, I've got air conditioning, got a ceiling fan going, we're perfectly comfortable, perfectly safe, and I don't have to do physical labor. 
Um, right. Which is re- which is real good right now, Steve. I mentioned to Steve, I threw my back out, so that, so that's really good. So that's very very good. And yeah. and, and so, but that's that's part of your process. In other words, even that that initial meeting, you start talking. You know, once you get to know them, then you start talking. You know, big numbers in terms of ballparking yes. things out. Yes, for sure, for sure. And uh, I didn't lose you there, did I? No, no, not at all. Okay, thought, thought, thought something dropped. So, so yeah, that is what well, I mean, you know, of course, when we sit down, we want to talk. I want to get to know them, you know, as an individual, right? They get to know their family and their situation, and uh, what do they do for a living? What hobbies do they like? And what are their ideas of retirement? Because this is going to help give me an idea of of how much money they're going to need, right? If a person says, you know, one of my clients I talked to yesterday, she's telling me how you know they're going on this great trip Saturday, they're leaving to go to Brazil. For three weeks. Okay. <laughs> wow. Sounds like a blast. That's what I told her. I said, I think you're going to have a great time, but that, that trip is probably going to set them back 15 or 20 grand. Um, and, you know, just the, just hotel expenses alone will probably be four or five grand. So so it's important that you budget for it, right? To make sure you got the money because if, and, and in talking to her, she wants to keep on, you know, that's how she wants to retire. And and that and that's that's fine. That's That's fantastic. I would love to do that. A lot of people want to do that, but it is a very expensive hobby. Um, and so we want to make sure we, we t- look at everything realistically so we can figure out how much you have. We want to get much more detailed than just say, oh, let's just, just estimate 80% or 90% of your income. Because guys, in that first few years of retirement, a lot of people spend more than, than, they, than they were you know, before they retired because they want to go. They want to do stuff. They want to see their family and friends and travel and play golf and fish and do all these things. That's your 60s, right? We call them the go-go years. Yeah, right? absolutely. And, and, you know, so that's when you're probably going to be spending the most uh, is those first several years after retirement. And then, uh, uh, what is it, 70, 70s, uh, what do we call them, the slow-go years? Slow-go years, the eight, yeah. Then, then the 80s, I think those are like the no-go years. Right. <laughs> so so now it's, no, it, it's just the reason I mentioned this is just because I want, I want everybody, you know, as you sit back and think about it, you know, a lot of, uh, there, there's uh, a lot of people, a lot of accounts that the plan is to spend more you know, in those first several years, because you're going to be traveling, you're going to be doing a lot of those things that maybe you won't feel like doing when you're older. And so then maybe we can bring that budget down as time goes by, you know, so it, it's debatable because you you also have the impacts of inflation um, that we're going to talk about in a minute too. So, so the income plan is very, very important. I strongly recommend having in having your income guaranteed. Okay. Because to me, that takes out so much stress and drama and anxiety. And I'll tell you what, if you look at any of the retirement surveys that are out there, there's some that just came out of, you know, they come out all the time, really. Right. The, all, the surveys all show the same thing, that people that have a pension or other sources of guaranteed income over and above their Social Security are much more confident in their retirement. And they've got a lot less stress about being able to pay the bills. Um, and they're, and they're very, uh, very much believe that they are never going to run out of money because they have those sources of income. And... I think there's one of the questions on the survey, what it showed is that a lot of retirees are much, much, much more concerned about running out of money than they are of dying. And, and I'm in that camp. I'm in that camp. Because yeah, the way that I would I, agree. Right. The way that I look at it. Well, if I die, I don't really need any more money, do I? Not going to be a problem. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem. You know, pretty much all my problems are over with. <laughs> yes. And, and so I don't see that as personally, I'm not worried about that at all. I'm far more concerned about having a long life and not doing proper planning that I can deal with inflation because obviously we don't know how much prices are going up in the future. 
a lot of us didn't think they could go up anywhere near like they have just in the last couple of years, but we're living it, right? Right. So so it's really important to to not just have that guaranteed income that meets your bills now, all right? What I'm going to suggest is have guaranteed income that's 20, 30, 40% above what you need right now, because then as inflation starts taking away more of your money because of higher prices, you'll be able to deal with it and adapt to it without any stress because you know you've got excess income coming in right away. How do we guarantee money? I mean, that's a that's a big word. And I know in, in, in this business, it's not necessarily one that's bandied about a lot, but you're saying that we, no. you can help us get guaranteed income. Yes, for sure. In fact, that's one of the things that I'm doing. And, and you're right. You're 100% right. If uh, the only way that I can guarantee it is I have to use products that come with a contractual guarantee. Right. And, and that's where an income annuity comes into play. Before you write it off or you think or you think you know everything about it, take a look at them, guys. They've changed a lot in the last 20 years. And they're they're just like everything else. Look at all the new advances that have been made in you know automotive technology. Sure. With all this, I mean, there's so many semiconductor chips in a car now that, that you know we're running out of chips. So there's so much more advances. Just look across across the globe. Every industry is always trying to innovate. They're always trying to outcompete, you know, the people they're they're competing against. They're trying to come up with the next best, greatest thing. And they, they do the same thing in the insurance and the annuity space. So right now, for instance, you know, I can get an annuity uh, at 60 years old for a couple. Let's say I got a married couple. Uh, one is 60. The other, the woman, let's say the man is 60 and the woman's 58. It's based on the younger person's age when you set up a joint payout. Because I'm setting my payouts up to be joint payout so that that check is going to keep coming in. Or I should say the deposit, you know, electronic deposit to my bank is going to keep on coming in for as long as myself or my wife are alive. So if one of us lived to 105 and the account went to zero 20 years sooner, it is still going to keep on paying us. And that's the security that I want. The annuity is the only account that will keep on paying you even if the balance goes to zero. No other account will do that, right? You can no. talk to your banker about it if you have any doubts. Well, and again, I think that, you know, this is... Ideally, I mean, if you're a if you've been a good saver or you're a high earner, this is a path that that makes it really very cool to put together a retirement plan and an income I, plan. I, you know what, I I think it's very cool because you know because I and I and I look at everything that's out there myself, guys. I invest in stocks and bonds. I have treasuries directly with the U.S. government. You know, just like a lot of people, we have money in in money markets for short term emergency accounts, like I recommend for everybody. We're doing the same thing that I recommend my clients to do. And, and one thing that I look at, I say, okay, if I have $100,000 now and I want to generate income in retirement, what can I do with it? Where can I put it? And how much income am I going to get? And how much risk is there, right? right. So, so, so let's take a look right now. I can, get a, I can get a 6% guarantee on a fixed annuity, plain vanilla fixed annuity, just like a bank CD, except it's tax deferred until you take the money out, all right? It's guaranteed at 6% for 10 years. Right. Okay. So I like that. I think that looks very attractive. That's the highest. That is the highest rate I've seen in about 17 or 18 years. Oh my so gosh. That a, long. Oh yeah. It's been a long time. It's been wow. a long time since they've been that high. So I look at it and I say, what if all these people are right? There's so many economists out there saying interest rates are going down that the fed is going to start to actually cut next year. What if they're right? If they're right, what it means is you would do, you would be a very smart person to lock up a higher rate for a longer period of time. Right. Everybody is, everyone, there are so many people in this mentality. Oh, I don't want to lock up my money that long. Maybe you do. 
maybe you do if if interest rates come back down don't you think that'd be a smart move to lock in a higher rate now yes and so so that's a conversation i'm having with people every day right now and so going back to our going back to where it's talked about you can get six percent on that right now mm-hmm. so you say you know what i'm going to leave that alone for eight years i'm going to put in a hundred grand i'm going to get that interest and after eight years i'm going to have 150 some thousand okay now if interest rates are the same at six percent which is your assumption number one we don't know what interest rates are going to be so you're taking a chance interest rates would be lower because at that point you're saying no now i want to start taking that interest i want to live on the interest so that 150,000 160,000 is going to get you around 9,000 95 9600 a year okay about 800 bucks a month and that's presuming that you can still get at least a six percent interest rate eight years from now okay okay now now we look at option two say well kevin i heard you can put it in stocks and bonds and then i can take out four percent per year so if I can take out 4% per year, that means I got to take my 100,000. I've got to triple it in eight years to compare apples to apples. Triple. So now I've got 300 grand because I tripled my account and I'm an awesome investor. And, and now I can take out 4%. So I got my 12 grand. The question is, do you really think you can triple your account in eight years? And, and how many times are you going to look at your account statements asking yourself, you know, when there's a drop in the market, like we have a big drop, are you going to be freaking out? Isn't that going to worry you? Aren't you going to have anxiety about, damn, I might never get to that 300,000, which means I might never get that income that I need from that money. How about now we take a look at the guaranteed way of doing it. I can take the 100,000. I can put it into the best income annuity I can find out there right now. When I look across the environment, I'm comparing dozens and dozens of companies with dozens and dozens of contracts. And I've got software programs that do that because I don't know any human that could do it. Right. All right. So that 100,000, same scenario, eight years from now is gonna pay me $1,000 a month joint life. Guaranteed, contractually guaranteed, okay? I don't have any risk of the stock market. I don't have any risk of the bond market. I don't have to worry where interest rates are seven, eight, nine, 10 years from now, all right? And I don't have to worry about losing my money because of a market sell-off or a correction or China invades Taiwan or the Ukraine war expands to all of Europe or the Middle Eastern situation expands, you know, turns into World War III. Guys, all of these things could happen. And what I'm saying is, and you're getting close to retirement, do you really want to take the chance that it might not work out how you think it will? Because there have been long periods of time in the stock market where there were negative returns. If you bought the market at the high in 2000 and you bought NASDAQ 100, the QQQ, which has a you know, boatload of money in it. Right. You didn't, you didn't even get back to break even for 13 years. You got close in 07, 08, and then it t- market tanked again. Yeah. So the issue, the issue, the, the stocks, stocks and bonds are not guaranteed. Bonds just had their worst year in history in 2022. And they're, and they're still going down this year. They're down again this year. If you look at the long end of the curve. Mm-hmm. So my point is that I think the first thing is we all have to recognize that nobody knows where interest rates are going to be or where the stock market is going to be. At, 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 any, at a random point in the future, meaning if I using the example of eight years, what I'm saying is maybe you take 200 grand of your portfolio or 300 of your portfolio or whatever number makes sense for your lifestyle that you want to live. And that's one of the things we, we were talking about before is your income plan. Okay. Put that into something that gives you guaranteed income. And then the rest of your portfolio, we can invest, we can do stocks and bonds or mutual funds or or whatever else it is, CDs or, or whatever, T-bills, whatever it is you'd like to do. Sure. I do all of it. I do all of it. And, and I think it's important um, that you use the different tools that are out there. Just like in your garage, you got a big tool chest. 
that's a bunch of different tools because different jobs need a different tool. That's the same thing with investing. All right. We're not investing for growth here. We're looking for income. And in my opinion, guaranteed is the way to go. Absolutely. Here's a question. So you just said annuity, the interest rate on annuity is the highest you've seen it in 17, 16, 17 years. So if I have had an annuity for a few years with a lower interest rate, can I can I reinvest that? Can I change it over to a it, higher paying one? Yes, you, you definitely can. But that that's really important to sit down with somebody that knows what they're doing. Right. Because because we want to make we want to make sure that it makes you know financial sense for you, the customer. Sure. Yeah, right. And so we want to look at it. If you do have one, if they're if you're out of surrender charges, by all means, you want to move it. Uh, but a lot of policies, they have what are called surrender charges. Some of them have something else called the market value adjustment, an MBA. And if you bought a policy in the last several years that has an MBA, chances are that's going to take a bigger hit out of your out of your policy. In other words, it's going to be an additional charge. Okay. Okay. So we want to make sure we look at look at all the charges or any charges that might be incurred. Then we do the math, and I can tell you, does it mathematically make sense to make the change? But but yes, that is exactly what we want to do, and th and that's why that's the opposite of see when interest rates were so low. You know, what, what I've been doing is buying short-term bonds for my clients, you know, three months, six months, 12 months, T-bills, not bonds, but T-bills. Yeah. That's what I've been buying because I knew interest rates were going higher and you can make money on the short end of the curve. So when interest rates are lower, the smarter moves, which is why I think people are stuck in this attitude of, I don't want to lock my money up because for the last 15 or 16 years, you know, a lot of people have been saying, Hey, I want to stick short term, right? Because at some points rates are going to start going higher. And they wanted to have money available to take advantage of it when they do. But now at this point, we've had, I think we've had more interest rate increases in the shortest period of time, I think, in history. And, and so now we're sitting at, you know, between five and 6% uh, on most treasuries. And so to me, I'm just asking myself, is now a good time to start thinking about locking in rates for a longer time if you think they're going to come back down again? Sure. So- so, so there's a there's a lot to figure out, but you definitely want to sit down, take a look at your portfolio and see how it's doing. And then let's talk and see if we can make any improvements, because the closer you get to retirement, the less the less risk you should be taking. Well, and one of the things, too, is that you are an independent fiduciary advisor with better than 30 years in this business. If I mean, those are the things that I want. And those are the kinds of things that you you really know the ropes you you have got. I mean, you've done this before. You've seen all of this before. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. This, this is what I, it's what I've been doing every day since 1990. Yeah, <laughs> all right. And, yeah, exactly. It, 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 really, it really is. I've done, that's what I've been doing the whole time, every day. And, and so I do the same thing for myself that I recommend to my clients, you know, is let's look around, you know, and, and, and I'm, never, I'm never one to say put everything in one basket. I wouldn't, right. put everything in, I wouldn't put everything in stocks. I wouldn't put everything in bonds. And I wouldn't put everything in annuities. All right. But there are some people that are most comfortable doing it that way. And, and, and that's why we need to talk and get to know each other so that I understand what type of person you are, how much risk you want to take, you know, what liquidity you need, uh, things like that, and your time frame and, and, and many other things. Uh, but that's what that's what helps us figure it out. My approach, I want to I want to have a little bit of everything. You know, I want to have some stocks and bonds and short term and, 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 and everything. And I want to have the annuities there for income. I'm doing them only in like fifty and sixty thousand dollar increments because I want to have the flexibility to generate an additional four or five, six hundred bucks a month, you know, at, at different points in time. And so what I'm doing is I'm building a ladder of these annuities so that as we get older into our seventies and eighties, we can turn on another one every few years that's gonna bring us another five hundred bucks a month or so. 
and I'm using I'm using Roth IRA money, so it'll be tax free. So that's my plan to deal with income needs. Um, and then for other purposes, that's where the stocks and the bonds and the treasuries come into play. All right. I like all that. And uh, so we've been talking a lot about annuities. We've been talking a lot about, you know, creating that income plan. And uh, we've got a couple of questions from from listeners, uh, if you don't mind jumping into those. Yeah, yeah, by all means, let's do it. All right. So Roland has written in, and, he, and this is an interesting question to me. Can I deliberately exceed contribution limits to a 401k plan? I assume some tax benefit will be lost, but it still seems a decent place to place and invest extra funds. Okay, Roland, we really need to talk. Um, the uh, I would never recommend that. I would not, I would not do that. Um, if you've got an employer plan, chances are the administrator of that plan won't let you put in more because they're tracking how much you've put in there. So I don't know that it's possible. If you have an individually directed 401k, um, then you could over contribute. All right. However, you're going to you're going to get penalized for that. You are going to get penalized. So and you will lose all the tax benefits, not just some of them. Um, so don't do that. Please don't do that. Uh, instead, just open up a broke. Just open up another account. Right. That's all you got to do. You know, all you got to do is open up another account for any excess savings and, can, and you can build up a non-qualified account, which is a non-IRA account. Right. And so uh, that that's what you should do. Do not over contribute uh, to any retirement plan because the government will find out and you're going to have some nasty letters from the IRS and you're going to have some penalties you probably don't want to pay. Oh, man, I, I didn't realize that. And, and I mean, I kind of understand his logic, but now I understand why you don't want to do that. No, you, you get, yeah, you get it. You get paid a penalty on excess contributions. Oh, man. Well, but again, if the guy's got extra money or extra funds, as he says, then, then yeah, let's put it someplace where we can make it work. Let's put, let's just put it someplace else. That's all. And then you avoid the penalties. Right. All right. Uh, thanks for the, thanks for the, uh, the question, Roland. Uh, Pat has a question as well uh, and says, I recently separated from a financial advisor who mostly invested in stocks and ETFs. I'm now poised to change these investments, and my current financial advisor has recommended a mutual fund with a 0.72% expense ratio that essentially has a 60-40 stock bond allocation. Now, does this make sense, and is it true that there are hidden fees in mutual funds? Okay, first of all, um, it doesn't make a ton of sense. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me because I would never uh, – that's, that's a high expense ratio, first of all. Okay, sure. Points, 0.72 is a high expense ratio in today's market. Um, you could get a fund like that. Most of the funds that I get into are less than 0.2. Um, a lot of them are 0.1, 0 0.05, things like that. Um, and, and so you can definitely get into a lower uh, uh, a lower expense fund. Um, the only way I would do something that, that has that high expense ratio is if there's a very compelling reason, meaning their performance has been stellar. They should be in the top decile against all their peers um, or, or and 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 they should have demonstrated why it's worth it to pay that extra fee. Um, and as, as for the, uh, uh, the 60, 40 split, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really have enough information to know for sure. I don't know your, your time frame, your risk tolerance, your sure. age. Sure. And, and so, but it, but the, the traditional 60, 40 split makes a lot more sense now that bonds have gotten back above 5% um, versus when they were at zero. So I think that split does make sense. I think bonds are looking attractive for the first, you know, it's been a long time since they did. Uh, so I think bonds do make sense. Um, but I'm still cautious on anything longer than 10 years. And I'm not even doing 10 years. I'm doing five years and less personally. Um, mm -hmm. Because you have because if rates do keep going higher, you can still lose a lot of money on those bonds. Of course. And then what about this question about hidden fees and mutual funds? Are there? Oh, you, you know, there, there, 
there are some people that say there are hitting trading hitting trading trading costs that okay. are embedded in the funds which which they don't disclose as thoroughly um others um you know, you know they uh uh what do they what do they call it when you when you send the shares um the the the, the market makers sometimes big institutional investors will have deals where they do something called payment for order flow. And that actually can incur a cost. It's behind the scenes. It's something that market makers pay to big institutions so that the institution directs all of their trading activity right. through that market maker. And so that's also an expense that would get passed on to shareholders if it, you know, because it's, it's coming out of somebody's pocket, it's going to come out of the customer's pocket. Right. All right. Uh, 800-797-5671 if you want to reach out to Kevin Pat. Um, he sounds like he's got a lot going on there. Let's uh, let's go on. Let's talk to Hank. Or Here's Hank's question. He says, I have an old pension that I'm planning to roll over into a traditional IRA to take advantage of potential returns greater than the 3% that it currently receives. Is it possible to convert some of that to a Roth IRA, then take money out if I need it? The short answer, uh, well, the short answer would be yes. Okay. Uh, now, and, and, and now, now, one thing with pensions, a pension plan, they, they all have different, they have different rules. So it depends on where the pension is from and when they wrote it, when they put it together, you know, what rules they made in there. Um, as, as for it, it sounded like he's saying he plans on taking the entire pension amount and rolling it over and then taking some of that and converting to a Roth. So if, 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 if that in fact is what he's saying, then that definitely, that definitely is possible. And uh, because there are, there are no income limits, for instance, on doing Roth conversions. So if a person has too high of an income, they can't contribute directly to a Roth, but they can do a conversion. Um, you know, see, so we, some people call it the backdoor Roth. Right. And, and it's a way for high income earners to get Roth, to get money into Roth accounts, uh, but they just have to do it through a conversion. And so, by the way, on that note, if that's something you're thinking about, I would strongly suggest you look at doing it in the next couple of years because the tax cuts that were passed uh, in, the, in the last administration are due to expire the end of 25. So you've got a couple more years to get the lower tax rates. They're not going to jump, I don't believe, by a huge amount. Um, but if they revert back to where they were, they will go up a little bit. But it could still save you a little bit of tax money if you did that conversion be before 2026. Sure. Um, and, and with a pension... So are, are we talking about a, a like a pension payout? Like he's going to just take the payout and then invest that? Yeah, the way the way it sounds to me, you see, some pension plans will allow the individual to do a lump sum distribution. Sure. And so I don't I don't like to say payout. I would rather I would rather think of it like a transfer. A transfer. Uh, All right, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So so if his pension plan allows him to do a lump sum, uh, you know, distribution, then the way that we would want to do it is as a rollover, so you avoid the taxes on anything he keeps in the regular IRA. And then of course, when he can, whatever he converts to a Roth, that's going to be treated like additional income. So okay. whatever income tax bracket you're in, uh, assuming you don't jump to the next bracket, which is something that a good advisor will walk through with you, because that's something you want to look at. So if you're bumping up against the next tax bracket right now, maybe you want to do a Roth conversion. Maybe you don't, you know, that's, that's where an advisor can help you figure out the best way to do it and the amount of money. Uh, that it makes sense because uh, obviously you want to keep your taxes as, as low as you can. Right. But sometimes it's not a good idea to, to do a Roth conversion. No, that's correct. Let's say, you know, you could have, I've, 
you know, I've got some clients that are very high income people, right? So they're in the very highest tax brackets, like mm-hmm. 40%, right? Um, and the theory is that when they retire, that they're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Now, of course, that's debatable because we'd have to know how, how much income they're going to have at that point at that time. And we'd have to know what tax brackets are at that point, right? Right. So, so that's some uncertainty that we don't have. Uh, but if somebody is in the very highest bracket, it may not make sense for them to do a conversion. Um, and I'm thinking more like somebody in their 50s. And the reason why is that I believe, well, first of all, I believe, and I mentioned before, I think a lot of people have made, have made a massive mistake in putting everything into traditional IRAs and 401ks, leaving it there for decades to let it grow and grow and grow. And then they end up paying taxes on this huge harvest that they grew with that little tiny seed that they put into the account. And what I'm saying is, I think if a person is in their 20s or 30s or 40s, you should really be trying to max out the Roth because you're paying tax on the small amount you put in. And then you're gonna, when, when you get it out, when you take it out 20, 30 years down the road, presumably it's gonna be a lot bigger amount, right? So in my mind, why would, why would you wanna pay tax on the smaller amount, right? You right. wanna pay tax on the smaller amount and then get the bigger amount tax-free. Sure. So I, think, I tell people, think about a farmer with a seed, right? Let's pay tax on the seed when you put it in the ground. And then 30 years later, when you take out this huge harvest, let's have that be tax-free. Right. Okay. And, and so anybody below the age of 50, I really think you should be taking advantage of Roth. And if your company doesn't offer one, then set one up on your own and you can do conversions. I can answer your questions. I can help you walk through it if you'd like. And, well, it's funny because uh, my daughter uh, and son-in-law, mid-30s, and mm-hmm. um, and I said to them that this is a couple of years ago, you know, you ought to just, you know, you don't need any more tax deductions. You've got four kids, right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Take advantage yeah. of the Roth right now. And, and yes. you know, I, I mean, that makes sense. You know what? It, it makes it, it's just it's math. Guys, it it's is math. math. Yes, exactly. It's it's mathematics. It, it's not there's no fake news here. OK, mm-hmm. you just got to just do the math. But you know that if you look at the S&P, just look at the index returns, eight or nine percent, you know, over long periods of time. So if you if you think that's going to be the case, then every nine or 10 years, your account's going to double. Right. Okay. Now, it doesn't happen. In, it doesn't happen in such a linear way like that. Right. But my point being, if you know, if a person is in their 20s or 30s, you've got 30 or 40 years ahead of you. If you have the discipline to leave the money invested, you should have four or five, six times the amount, you know, when you're mid 60s or 70 versus, you know, what you're putting in there when you're 25 or 30. And so that's what I'm saying. If, if you think you can make four or five times in your money, pay the tax on the money you're putting in and then let it grow tax-free. And when it comes out, it's tax-free. That is that that I think is going to wind up giving you a lot more money uh, than doing it the way a lot of people have been doing it. All right. And uh, so before we call it a show here, I, I got to ask, it, we, this week in the market has just felt weird to me. Am I, am I right or wrong? Oh, no, you're right. You are, <laughs> you are, you are right. And, uh, you, you know, I was puzzled on Monday um, earlier in the week. We came in on Monday and d- just the week after the Hamas attack in Israel. Yes. And the, mar- and the markets are jumping. They're going higher. And I'm saying, what in the world is the market looking at? That, I, I, that totally caught me by surprise. Okay. I, did yeah. not ex- I expected further sell-off because, let's face it, we've got mass – we've got mass – We've got some pretty big geopolitical risk right now. Oh, right? huge. Between, between Hamas and Israel and all the rhetoric about it, ex, it, it exp, expanding to Hezbollah as part of it. Iran is backing Hezbollah. 
and, 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 and apparently this all started. What I'm hearing, the reason it started is because of the agreements that the Arab nations like Saudi Arabia were talking about and were on the brink, apparently, of signing a deal with Israel. And that's what triggered the attack, according to one of our, um, uh, according to Esper, a former, our former defense secretary. Sure. And so a guy that knows, also secretary of the army, I think. So he knows a little bit about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but that's, that's where I learned that. Cause I, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, what, what triggered it? What caused yeah. this attack now? Something did, and yeah. It's, and it's because the Arab, some of the Arab nations being led by Saudi Arabia were going to normalize relations with Israel. And, and Iran and Hamas and the others, they can't stand that idea. Um, and so that's, that's the theory. So in other words, there's a lot of risk out there. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, it's been surprising because not only that, we've got Putin with Ukraine and Russia. Oh, yeah. And, and we've got all the, all, all the, all the talk out of uh, you know, China, right? The saber rattling from China and how they consider Taiwan to be theirs. And, and so any one of these events, I would think if it, if, if it really you know, blew up in a bad way, uh, that, that could take 20, 25, 30% off the market right off, right away. Oof. And, and yeah. so make sure you understand how much risk you're taking, that you're comfortable with the risk you're taking. The market is volatile. We also have, we're also in earnings season. So companies are announcing the earnings. Netflix had a fantastic report. Stock jumped. Tesla had a horrible report. One of the analysts said, if you can look up disaster in the dictionary, it should have a link to the Tesla earnings call. Oh my gosh. <laughs> really? It was that bad. <laughs> yeah. That was a guy named dad, Dan Ives, I believe. And, um, Nonetheless, yeah, so Tesla got hit. So we've got all these things happening. And in the backdrop, of course, we've got all this political nonsense where Republicans are unable to elect a speaker. And we've got, they've got all these bills. They've got appropriations to f- help fund some of those wars. And we've got a th- threat of a government shutdown in a month. So there is a lot going on right now, guys. And any one of these things can drive the market in any direction at any point in time. So that's why we say you want to make sure you're in it for the long term, because in the short term, it's anybody's guess which way we go. That sounds great, Kevin. Uh, final thought? My final thought would be is that if we do see corrections or sell-offs, if you're a long-term investor, that's when you should be buying more. Add more. Just like, just like your, 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 you know, some clothes at the store you're looking at, when they go on sale, you want to buy them, right? Mm-hmm. When, the stock, when the stock market's on sale, you should be a buyer if you're a long-term investor. provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains, 
and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again. That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 